0: Welcome to the How Great Events Happen podcast, where we sit down with meetings and event industry leaders to explore breaking trends, event planning best practices, the future of events and more. I'm Brooke and I'm Cody, and we are your podcast hosts, coming to you from the Cvent podcast studio in beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon.
1: Before we get to today's topic, just a couple of reminders. First, if you want to hear more from Larry or learn more about GDPR, visit our blog at cvent.com slash podcast. That's com slash podcast. And if you want to join us at Cvent Connect in Las Vegas, we have a special 25% off discount for all of our listeners.
0: Now you'll hear us mention CVent Connect since many of the industry leaders we interview will also be attending the event.
1: That's right. Now CVent Connect is the world's premier event technology conference. It brings together meetings, events, hospitality professionals to exchange best practices with like-minded peers, evolve and inspire their meeting and event program, and put cutting-edge strategies into practice. And we're going to be doing a live podcast from Las Vegas as well.
0: You know, just a reminder we love getting emails from our listeners, so contact us at podcast at cvent.com. You can also get updates on future episodes through cvent's Instagram and Facebook.
1: Now, today's episode is all about GDPR. And Cody, it's timely that we're talking about this because almost one year from today, those regulations went into effect. I can't
0: believe it's already been one year. I
1: know, it's crazy. It's, yeah. So we got a chance to chat with Larry Samuelson. He's the Senior Vice President and General Counsel for c Yeah,
0: Larry is our GDPR rock star, and he's been instrumental in helping the events industry better understand how these regulations impact events. Let's hear more from Larry himself about the hot topic of the day, GDPR.
1: Welcome, Larry, to the C-Event Podcast, How Great Events Happen. How are you doing?
2: I'm doing great. Thanks, Brooke.
1: And we are here today to talk about... Everyone's favorite subject, GDPR.
0: For those of us, though, who may not know about GDPR, can you tell me a little bit
2: about your topic? Sure. It actually sort of made me giggle uh, when uh, Brooke referred to this as a hot topic because uh, lo- lawyers, lawyers have never really been rock stars in the event world, and uh, until I have GDPR to thank uh, for for elevating elevating my profile. Um, but uh, and I do uh, love this topic, and the irony is. Privacy is not how I was originally trained to be a lawyer, and so you know, for me, some of the the interest is because of how important it's become, uh, in general, to all our lives. But most importantly, in the event space, and uh, you know, what what I've been able to do, uh, and what Cvent does, uh, to be a leader uh, in this in this area is is uh, very very important to the ongoing maturity of the event space. Um, and uh, Cody, you know, you asked specifically about, you know, to, to, to give a broad overview of, of the topic. And and um, I think what's important is while GDPR was really the first well-known uh, set of governmental regulations around privacy, um, what you're seeing today is all, even in the United States and in countries all around the world um, drafting, proposing, and promulgating a uh, whole new sets of uh, privacy regulations. And, you know, what it's really all comes down to is uh, what rights do individuals have uh, to control how the data about them is used? And it is a very, very personal topic. And and, and again, GDPR elevated uh, the, the privacy concerns all the way up. To being a human right, uh, and and I think when you pause and think about the gravity of what that means, um, I, you know, it, it it becomes a topic that is interesting to everybody. Can you tell me like what got Cvent so interested in GDPR? Uh, I think first and foremost, it's, it's about uh, customer centricity. So uh, we knew that it was our clients uh, whose jobs. It is to put on a live event, and yet the purpose of that live event is to have people meet each other. And the whole concept behind B two B meetings is the exchange of personal information. It, you know, at its most basic, it's here's my business card, please call me. Um, but it's about exchanging ideas, and, and in order to exchange those ideas and to build those business relationships, you need to share personal information. And in order to uh, service our clients, uh, CVENT needed to become a leader in this area in order to to help our clients not only continue to um, execute on their own missions, but to do it in a legally compliant way.
1: This is all about education. This was kind of something that hit the events industry, and we all had to learn about it. And I know, like you said, you've been kind of a superstar the past year, right? Is going on the world tour talking about GDPR. So it's kind of obvious to some of us why this is so important for live events. Like you said, you're exchanging personal information. But I have to imagine there's a whole host of other reasons why this is important to live events. Can you talk about some of those?
2: When you're hosting an event, whether it's for your uh, internal employees, so you're hosting a sales and marketing kickoff, and you're bringing in hundreds of your employees from around the world, uh, and in order you're, you're filling out the registration and all the travel, in all those uh, areas you're gathering sensitive personal information, and you want your employees to know that you're protecting their information and that you're securing it in a manner so that it, it doesn't get uh, breached or let out unnecessarily. Um, one of the saddest stories I've heard you know, in the last year was uh, a, a woman who told me that her employer actually uh, lost a bunch of uh, employee information, personal information, and her identity has been stolen uh, multiple times over the last year to the point where she can't even keep a debit card uh, in order to go grocery shopping because every single time the bank issues her a new debit card, her identity is stolen again. And, you know, it, it's it's the power of affecting people's individual lives like that uh, that uh, really highlights how important it is uh to understand the regulations, but more importantly, to follow the regulations. And I think that that continues on a way, you know, when you, when you talk about, you know, to your clients and to your customers and and in, in the B2B world, um, they're trusting you with information because again, they want to share their personal information with you so that you can build that business relationship. It is a win-win relationship that only, uh, elevates if people are sharing personal information with each other. And so they want to know that their information is being secured in the right manner, is being transferred in the right manner. And what you're starting to see is uh, the people who are collecting this information, the, the data controllers in, in GDPR, GDPR speak, is that uh, they're looking for one sense of truth, one a sense of one company that that in which can help them comply it's very difficult to comply with the complexity and depth of these laws if you're dealing with multiple suppliers and vendors and partners and really finding that that true partner that you can uh, work with in order to not only elevate your business but to most importantly protect your customers data
1: Yeah. I mean if you're using a bunch of different technologies and passing this data from one to the other this is where it can get really complex. So sort of having one partner that truly understands what these regulations are that can help the planner a lot when they are complying. I mean I've even heard that printing badges and having them on a table at registration is possibly a non-compliance. Is that true?
2: it is true and it's uh you know I, I would tell you it's a it's a technical foot fault um and uh but but yes because uh you know people shouldn't be able to see other people's names and often on a badge it won't just be your name it'll be your name your title and your company and you know somebody getting that information and that could just be their entree into you know uh, taking Uh, data that shouldn't be applied, that they shouldn't have the right to use. Uh, And so in a a truly compliant way, you should be printing badges, you know, live uh, as people are checking in. And that essentially is tantamount to the consent of that person who's printing the badge and walking around with that badge to sharing their personal information with others at that event. Uh, But prior to that, you don't technically have that have that consent.
1: What are some common myths about GDPR? What have you been hearing over the past year?
2: One of the myths is is that you know if you're not based in Europe uh, or you don't host events in Europe, that GDPR doesn't apply to you, and and that that isn't how the law is written, uh, and that that is potentially false. Uh, so really, what it comes down to is you know who the event planner is targeting for their audience. And you can think in, in today's global environment, you may be hosting all your events in in uh, Chicago, Illinois, or Atlanta, Georgia, uh, but the people who are coming to those events uh, are from all around the world uh, because they're a multinational corporation and their customers are from around the world, or they're a multinational corporation and their employees are from around the world. Uh, and they may not even have offices in London or in Paris, but they may have uh, remote employees who are working, uh, you know, from those countries, and therefore uh, those companies are now uh, fall under the the jurisdictional rules of GDPR just because they have employees or potential potential customers that are resident. The world is changing because I think what you you know what our clients are going to start to see is. Uh, uh, we're doing a gap analysis, as I'm sure most people are now aware, uh, California last year passed a privacy law. Uh, the, the state of Washington uh, failed to p- pass a privacy law, but they said they definitely will pass one in 2020 that's going to look a lot like GDPR. So whereas last year we really focused on you know what was going on in Europe, I think what you're seeing here is uh, it, it's, it's hit our shores in America. And uh, we're going to be spending a lot of time at this connect talking about uh, some of the differences between California, what we can expect from California, and how we expect it's going to affect uh, um, the event industry with what California and states like Washington or even the federal government here in the United States and the types of things that they're, they're contemplating.
0: What other learnings have there been over the past year? And do you still feel like there's still some confusion?
2: There's definitely still some confusion, but um, and I think um, a lot of the confusion is, you know, for instance, uh, if you're gathering data, do you need to get consent to use that data, or do I have a legitimate business purpose? Uh, which is a pretty vague terminology. and I think you know the regulators are still um, trying to provide some guidance to it, but they're they're a little wary about providing too much guidance because they really want to let uh, the marketplace, Sort of handle uh, and and try to flush some of the stuff out on its own, because I think even the government regulators understand that they they don't have all the answers, uh, and and that has to be worked out a little bit between um, the companies and the corporations and the individuals who are interacting with those corporations. Um, you know, I said last year multiple times that I think in a lot of ways we were fortunate. Uh, to be working in the B2B space as opposed to the uh, B2C space. I think um, what you're seeing uh, in, in the governmental fines are all in the B2C space. So, you know, it made a lot of headline um, at the end of last year, but France sued Google for for over 50 million U.S. dollars. Uh, for lack of transparency on how they were gathering information and, most importantly, lack of transparency on how they were using that information. And so, but you're seeing that more in the consumer protection space as opposed to in the B2B. Um, and so that is, you know, something I, I, I had anticipated uh, and I would say I'm probably—it's always better to be lucky than to be good. And I think in this case, I was probably lucky in my assessment uh, that uh, we, you know, we would be fortunate from a B2B space. And and to give you guys some statistics, and I and I think this is—I think I find this interesting. You know, in the EU, the number of complaints about uh, data usage has increased over two hundred percent in the in the year. Um, Over what it was in the previous year before GDPR passed. So what that tells me is, you know, one of the reasons the the government regulators and one of the reasons it's, it's starting to sort of hit our shores in America is people realize that by passing a law and talking about it, it makes people a lot more aware of of what's happening with their personal information. Uh, and so you're seeing a, a dramatic increase in complaints. However, you're not seeing a dramatic increase in fines or or major lock suits and penalties. Uh, and I think that's a good thing. I think what you're seeing is government, you know, uh, the regulators sort of holding back a little bit uh, and, and really only going after something that they feel is completely uh, egregious, um, but, you know, it's a lot of, you're seeing a lot of warnings uh, and a lot of companies saying, you know, we're sorry and we're going to fix this. And, you know, to me that, that smacks as, 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 the right balance. Um, there's, it's a complex area. It's changing technologically. The, these areas are changing dramatically. I mean, so quickly every day, um, and and the government regulators are, are recognize that and are, are just trying to you know keep their hand on a tiller uh, and, and make minor modifications uh, to get to the right spot. And I think that's a good thing.
1: So, do you feel though that the that they're going to become stricter? That the regulatory environment is going to become stricter as time progresses, as more of these kind of regulations come out?
2: You know, future for me has got a few different. Uh, there's a few different milestones there. B2B space. Uh, I do think we're probably looking at something more in the 18 months before there's a lot of intense focus, and the reason for that is. Um, the, the governmental agencies have admitted that they don't have the staff uh, in order to investigate the number of complaints that they're receiving. Um, and so, you know, there was an interesting statistic uh, about uh, the number of job openings uh, of, in, all over Europe. And it's hundreds, they're trying to hire hundreds of individuals um, it, uh, in, in the various governmental agencies. Just to enforce the law, so you know until they're able to 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 staff, I I do think there's going to be a slight delay, and you're going to see more going on at you know protecting the the consumer versus you know the business partner.
1: So so let's switch gears for a second then. So you know we've been talking a lot about GDPR, but regulations are coming to the states, like you said, CCPA. So what could we expect from something like the CCPA policy?
2: The frustrating thing, um, I think, well, for me personally, and I I think for a lot of my colleagues, the law passed last year, but the regulations that are effectuating that law aren't even going to be out publicly in draft until the fall of this year, until like September or October of this year. And so it's sort of hard to know exactly how the law is going to be put into effect without understanding the regulations. Uh, And then you're going to have a very short amount of time. The law, you know, goes into effect January 1 of of, uh, 2020, starts to be enforced by the attorney general in in July of 2020. And yet that's a very short amount of time to actually, for companies to A, understand the regulations, and B, to implement uh, changes uh, that they need in order to comply with those regulations. So, you know, I'm hearing a lot from experts on, you know, be patient. And I just think, you know, for business, it's hard to be patient about something. It's creating a fair amount of anxiety for at least the people I'm talking to. Do you feel, Larry, that there's anything else that our listeners should know about either of
0: those subjects?
2: So I actually think, um, y- you can get, you can get sort of lost in the alphabet soup, um, uh, GDPR, CCPA, um, you know, and, and the whole rest of them. Um, all around the world, and I really do think uh, it's important because it's become privacy has become such a big topic uh, to actually take a step back and really understand that, that regardless of what business you're in, you're handling people's data, and because of that, you need to think about privacy, you know, at the forefront and by design, and which means when you're when if you're throwing an event, you know, it, I think most planners. Uh, Will think, okay, what do I want people to learn at my event? What do I want? And they have to pause and think before anybody comes, how am I getting people to my event? How am I using their information? How, you know, to have a successful event, how do they want to be, how do they want their information uh, shared uh, with other people? And if you think about that at the front end, that will help your event design from the front. And so you're not having to change things last minute at the end or dealing with a disgruntled uh, attendee. It really is about attendee experience. We try to help, you know, with our with our software to, to, to sort of promote that attendee experience. So you need to elevate the sharing of data as part of that uh, attendee experience and think about it on the front end as opposed to letting it lag and think of it solely as a as a regulatory burden at the end after you've already planned your whole event
1: very good point um I can't thank you enough, Larry, for coming on, sharing some of this wisdom. I'm sure there's a lot more questions from our audience. And, you know, luckily, like you said, tons of resources out there for them. A good place to get started is to go to cvent.com slash podcast, where we have a bunch of information about GDPR. And, of course, if you want to see Larry live on the stage, join us in Las Vegas um, here in, in early July, where we will be having Cvent Connect. So thank you, Larry, so much for joining us.
2: Thank you guys very much.
1: Isn't Larry the best? I swear he can make GDPR sound so exciting. And he's going to be in Las Vegas with us as part of Cvent Connect. Now, remember, podcast listeners, you can get 25% off registration by using the code CVTPODCAST19. And if you want to hear more about Larry's thoughts on GDPR, other data privacy regulations, as well as additional resources on GDPR, visit our website at CVENT.com slash podcast.
0: That's right, Brooke. And we love hearing from you. So email us at podcast at CVENT.com and follow CVENT on social media to learn more about upcoming topics. Now, next week, we're going to be joined by Dr. Jonathan Sparrow to talk about optimizing health and productivity at events. We'll talk to you next week.
1: Talk to you then.